The top 18 of the draft order is set. The senior old roster is nearing completion. A, a number of underclassmen have declared for the draft, and a huge retirement in college football changes the landscape of everything. All that and more coming up next on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Welcome to tonight's loaded edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosworth, joined as always by my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 105 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, 18 seconds away from the 2024 NFL Draft. And uh, we're loaded up for this show today. we got a lot to talk about. Less than a week until the underclassmen deadline. Uh, we are less than a month out from uh, the Senior Bowl, from you, you being down there. So lots to talk about. Two weeks. That's close. Season. Two weeks from yesterday, the first practice will start. It's man, it is peak draft season, right? And uh, we have got a lot to talk about. Uh, if you're new, uh, following along tonight in the chat, hit us with a question, we'll answer at the end of the show. If you're following on Twitter, hit us a question there at draft countdown, we'll answer it later in the show. Or if you're on our Discord, send us a question there. If you're not on our Discord, go to draftcountdown.com, top right corner search bar. There's a link to join the Discord where you get to talk all things college pro draft football everything but uh there was a lot of talk in the discord today shane about the thing we're going to lead off with and we kind of have to alabama head coach nick saban has called it a career at alabama and i think from coaching uh this is it uh for saban and what a, the easily at this point i think it's very easy to say the greatest college ball coach of all time has hung it up yeah, I think I don't think there's any doubt that Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. The success that he's had, the players that he's had drafted, you know, the 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 15 year streak of first round picks. I mean, nearly his entire tenure, he's put a first round pick every year in the NFL. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. This is a big shakeup of college football. Um, you know, a lot of people are attributing this to. And the NIL and the transfer portal, man, I, I think Nick Saban was 72 years old. This was coming at some point down the line, and I wouldn't want to do the college football head coach grind at 72 years old. I would I would not. So I imagine that's the case for him too. I will say that was my initial thought was, yeah, he's just tired of dealing with this. And I'm not saying that's not a small part of it, but, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's just time to go. Um, he didn't get to go out on the top. Probably like maybe he 
was the thought process here, but you know, you can't argue with the success. He's been the Alabama head coach since 2007. Uh, that first year there, he went seven and six. After that, it's just been massive success year after year after year. Uh, our buddy Travis Mace put some stats out on Twitter I saw earlier. He's won seven national championships at Alabama. They've had a college football playoff with four teams in it for 10 years. Alabama has been one of the four teams eight of the 10 years. He won 297 games as a head coach. He coached 45 All-Americans and 49 first-round picks during his head coaching tenure. And he's going to add, what, minimum three more this year probably. So, I mean, it's wild. 153 players I think I saw on Twitter earlier that he's had drafted uh, at just at Alabama. That's not counting LSU or or Michigan State or wherever else, it's just you cannot argue with those kind of numbers and the talent that he's produced at the University of Alabama is wild to me. Yeah, I I mean, especially for a program I don't think people remember was in the dumps before he came there. I remember it well. (laughs) I'm sure you do being down there. But, yeah, a lot of college football fans or newer college football fans don't remember that. And I remember being surprised that he would take the job. I was like, this is not a good spot, right? Like the, the, this, this is a train wreck and man, I mean, like you said, you're two, he just turned, turns it on and it's been dominant ever since. Yeah. I mean, his first year there, he lost to uh, Louisiana Monroe his first year at Alabama. And then, then he recruited that. That was the, the recruiting class. There was the Julio Jones recruiting class. And after that, just sky to the sky, it man. was, it was, it was done after that, uh, as they say, uh, just wild, man. Uh, so I, I've seen every head coach's name that currently coaches in college football mentioned today. I don't, uh, I'm sure you've seen the betting odds. If you're putting money down on it right now, Shane, who, who are you putting, who are you putting the hundred bucks on? Uh, like, I, I think it's, I think it's more complex than we want to give credit. Like, I, I don't think Alabama's going to walk in and say pick 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 out whoever they want and that, that's who they get just because it's so late in the process i think it's difficult you know say uh, to me I, I think it probably comes down to three guys like i, I think i think if they can kind of get what they want i think it will be uh be dan lanning the, the head coach at oregon i think it's probably going to be the first push he's the favorite right now I mean, if you're him, do you leave? Like, I think it's a really big change and maybe a much harder change to make. I think it's more likely they dip into the SEC. I think Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian make a lot of sense to me. Probably with the odds, Steve Sarkeesian's, he's way down there. I think that's probably who I'd bet on to make make the most money. Um, Now, Texas can certainly back up as much money as they want as well. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be be tough for someone with those ties like Sarkeesian, who hasn't quite had the animosity that uh, Lane Kiffin has had with the current regime. Uh, I think that could be the kind of perfect possibility. Yeah, I'm with you. I I mean, Dan Lanning, I think, is – who the first call is going to, but uh, Phil Knight right now has already got the checkbook out, right? I mean, yeah. he, he, he's ready to go. You mentioned Sark. I, I think he, they'll call him as well. 
I I don't think it'll end up being Kiffin. I don't think Kirby Smart gets a or even entertains a call. Uh, no, no. People want to say Dabo Swinney. No, that ship has sailed. Right. I mean, there, there's there's rumors of him maybe stepping away. You know, right. from Clemson. So I, I yeah, I, I think that's full gold right there. I don't think who's who's a complete just outlier. You think here, like off the off the radar, like just out of left field. Uh, whew, uh yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I mean, I, I think I think the out of left field possibility would be like a first time head coach, someone young. You know, maybe. Um, it, you know, may, maybe they go after. Uh, I'm trying to think who would who would fit that bill of like, hey, here's here's someone that we want. Maybe uh, maybe Glenn Schumann, offensive coordinator for Georgia. Like, you know, I don't think Alabama would do it, but there could be a sense of we want to get someone to be here for forty years. You know, that we we want to build that dynasty again. And um, if you can't get some of the top head coaches that you want, maybe they take a shot at a young up-and-coming coordinator. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, that would be out of left field for me. Yeah. Um, another name I heard just to me would be out of left field because he just took another job. But Kurt Signetti was another name I heard. He's a former Saban staffer there at Alabama. Uh, yeah. Just took the Indiana job uh, from James Madison, built that program. So it's going to be interesting to see. I know uh, they've already had one recruiting defect uh, as of today, and it's a big one too. It's Ryan Williams, uh, who was should have been the 2025 class, but reclassified to this year and uh, is not signing. He'll be 17 on February the 19th or 17th or something, and that's when he's going to commit. Um, to whatever school he ends up going to, I'm I, I'm leaning Auburn now at this point. But um, aren't they? They're getting another five star receiver, aren't they? I mean, that'd be yes, from the, also from the state of Alabama. Uh, so that's uh, right. So, yeah, so they have two. They he uh, decommitted from A and M and committed to Auburn and signed actually signed on signing day. So yeah. Auburn trying to restart it there, but uh, Bubba had a question in the chat. Uh, do the 21 early enrollees, they can't leave, right? Um, when he knew he was retired right before uh, before signing day. Um, I don't think so. I think they're bound to the uh, uh, national letter of intent, right? Once, right? once they're signing. Actually, they've been rolled. They they would have already been rolled in, in, in classes by now, right? Right. Now, the the rest of the roster can the transfer portal as of them. now <laughs> right for, for 30 days 30 yeah. days so i i i'm interested to see because uh, I, I i could see it go either way either they they all kind of stick and stay the course and you know or we, we see which is why i don't think this is going to take very long it can't, it can't. i mean it no. can't right no i i think before the senior bowl alabama's got a new head coach in two weeks, that's a that's that's a tight win, especially if it's one of these big coaches. I mean that, not the dominoes start falling once you know if you're taking a coach from Oregon, you're taking a coach from Mississippi, you know Mississippi or, or Texas. Like the dominoes start falling because yeah. those are all big jobs too. You know, I mean that's not even talking about the other domino that may fall if Harbaugh takes an NFL job, right? So it's it's wild, man. Uh, but Nick Saban. 
uh, good luck at your ESPN gig uh, coming up here next year uh, as he heads off into retirement. Let's just make that assumption, right? All right. The regular season is over, Shane, which means we have the top 18 of the draft order is set. And that also means coaches are looking for new jobs in the NFL as well. We're going to go through that official top 18 draft order now, starting with the number one pick. Should be the Carolina Panthers. It is not. Belongs to the Chicago Bears. And I am anxious to see what your thoughts on this are. The Bears uh, seem to be keeping – head coach Matt Eberflus uh, around, and their defense was good this year, right? Uh, so defense wasn't the issue, but the offense uh, was an issue, and they don't have any offensive coaches anymore. They just fired them all today. I, it, which I think is smart. Like, I don't think it's been good. I don't think the scheme's been good. I don't think Luke Getzey's been good. Uh, yeah, I talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think, when when I picked for the Bears uh, – um, I don't think it was last week, but when you and I did did a mock and I picked for them, like it, it, we, we talked about it. Um, yeah, like I don't think it necessarily is an indicator of what they're going to do in the draft, but I do think this makes it wide open to trade Justin Fields even more, right? I mean, there's no one there that's worked with him. And if you're firing the whole offensive staff, is, is that kind of on the quarterback too? Like, like, is that kind of on the quarterback too? You know, if Joe Burrow was, was suiting up for the bears, I, I don't, I don't think Lugetsy loses his job. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I don't think it's a certain indication, but to me, it, it still makes it just as likely that they move fields than, than keep them. Um, the number two pick uh, belongs to the Washington commanders and they too are looking for a new head coach as Ron Rivera was let go. Uh, they also are looking for a head of football operations, correct, as well, or general manager, if you will. And they said they would hire that person first and before Sports. the head coach. Uh, and to help assist that process, they hired the guy who runs the Golden State Warriors, one of the best teams in the NBA, I'm told. So – uh, as well as was Rick Spielman, who I think is a good yes. good name to have on that, and a that good community. good guy to listen to on a podcast too. By the way, very informative. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Rick Spielman is, but this is of uh, the all the open jobs. This one has to feel pretty attractive, right? New owner, new GM, head coach. You're going to get probably your pick of quarterbacks outside of Caleb, right? So. This feels like a good job to, to get. I Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you. I think this might be the best job there is, which sounds bad when you have Justin Herbert sitting out there, but the cap problems with, with the Chargers, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. I think this might be the best job. I, I, could, I think they're doing it right. You have a new ownership group that it, I don't think is going to be the top spenders in the NFL, but I don't think they're going to be nickel and diming things. So to me, I, I I think this is ideal. They're doing it the right way. Where so, some of these other teams are look like they're going to hire a head coach first, and I'm like, that is almost always a mistake. Almost always a mistake, unless the head coach is also the GM. That's not the way to go. Which is also general, usually a mistake. Right. So um, yeah, that's I, fair. The third pick in the draft 
belongs to the New England Patriots. And we sit here wondering three days after the season, is this job going to come open tomorrow? Yeah, there's there's definitely some rumors still that Bill Belichick it will will be gone from there. I don't know. I feel like I might give him one more year, but this this is if you're gonna do it, you got to do it now. This is when you're gonna get a quarterback at number three, and you can't let. I guess you really don't have your choice. I guess you're picking who's left here, but I don't know if I'd want to let a, a, a lame duck head coach, even if it is the greatest NFL head coach of all time, to to do that. The only team in the top three that we're not talking about a coaching change at this point is uh, the Arizona Cardinals at pick four. Um, Jonathan Gannon, he'll be back, we think. So uh, I, I don't know. I feel like this team needs to add a lot of players here. This feels like if our, our first trade back spot in the first round, right? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um and I, honestly, they have two first-round picks. I think the team played hard. It is a team with a lot of needs. But I think they tore it down, and they're rebuilding. I like I like the approach. So I think Arizona could could come out of this draft looking really good if they make the right moves. Right. Um, pick five belongs to another team uh, looking for a head coach, the L.A. Chargers. Uh, good news for them. They don't share a record with anybody, so they'll be picking fifth in every round. Good job, guys. There you go. Uh, I, I don't know. This, this charter, we've talked about this already. This charter's job doesn't look that attractive outside of Justin Herbert, right? Yeah, they're going to have to cut Keenan Allen. They're going to have to cut Khalil Mack. They're going to have to cut just to get under the cap a lot of these players. And uh, you have an owner that's not willing to pay up, pay up for anything. It's not a good combination. Not great. Uh, Giants picking six. They'll be looking for a new defensive coordinator. Uh, the tennis that brings us to the Tennessee Titans picking seventh and maybe the biggest surprise firing uh, thus far. Uh, they terminated Mike Vrabel as the head coach. This looks like a full on just Dave. You know what? Mike Vrabel's been great. He's going to get a head coaching job this cycle. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be out of work very long or, or some kind of job. He's not going to be out of work long, but Mike Vrabel. Uh, well thought of in NFL circles, obviously, but I think the Titans are just like, screw it, we're tearing it down to the studs. Right, and I, I think it almost is like Vrabel was too good he was, because they couldn't tear it down to the studs. I think that's what – once again, I think it's an issue of you fire the GM and hire a new GM and they don't get to pick their coach. Like, right. just, just you should have fired Vrabel last year and let the new GM pick their coach. Speaking of uh, needing to tear it down to the studs here, that's not really the case in Atlanta, is it? Uh, they just need the right guy to uh, lead the construction crew here. And uh, Shane, uh, you were out here praying for this the other day, which is just wild to me. Uh, but Arthur <laughs> Smith uh, fired as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Like, I, and I'm not a, someone who likes to revel in people getting fired. I mean, Arthur Smith, I don't care about, but like the assistants and everyone in that organization that lost their job because of this, like, it's not great. But Arthur Smith, he is fine. He he comes from a his dad's yeah. a billionaire. Like he's yeah. fine. He, his daddy's got. He's <laughs> is the like the boss of FedEx. He'll be fine. I yeah. spend a lot of money. I know how much money FedEx makes. <laughs> so. But. He'll plus, plus, whatever job Mike Vrabel gets, Arthur Smith's coming as the OC. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, Bijan Freed, right? Kyle Pitts Freed. Drake London, just give me someone with a good offensive mind, and I'll, I'll be so happy for the Falcons' offense. I'm going to tie this into the pick that, pick, team that picks ninth here because you're, we're, I think we've come back full circle here. We think Justin Fields' days in Chicago are done. Is this seemingly a good landing spot for Justin Fields? Would Atlanta be a good spot here? I think it'd be an ideal spot. You have a decent offensive line. You have weapons. He doesn't need to be Superman to win games there like he does in Chicago. It'll be great. Uh, I think it'd be good for him. I think it'd be good for the Bears. I think it'd be good for everyone if that's what happens. Now, let's let's throw this out there while we'll hypothetically talk about Atlanta and potential head coaches. Uh, There is an offensive coordinator in Baltimore that would seemingly pair well with a quarterback like Justin Fields and those other offensive weapons that they have, who also happens to have come from right down the road in Athens, Todd Munkin, the current offensive coordinator at uh, – was the offensive coordinator at Georgia, uh, is currently the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. I mean, it, I, I would love it. Uh, I don't I don't know if it happens. I don't know if the Falcons are going to do that. But talk about an, an ideal offense – and you bring in a good defensive coordinator, and this is a team that can win the division next year. I don't think it's that far gone. I think you're picking uh, ninth is the Chicago Bears, and uh, Tommy had a comment there said they've always had a boring offense. Is the greatest quarterback in Bears history, Sid Luckman? Seriously, it is. I'm Jay Maybe. Cutler. I guess is next. Like I don't know who else you want. Jim McMahon, that's the only one. Yeah, he wasn't even good. Not ideal, right? It's harsh. It's harsh. Maybe Caleb Uh, Williams. Maybe it'll be. Maybe. Uh, But, yes, the Bears picking ninth here. Uh, The Jets are picking tenth. Got to cut out the bullshit, right, for the Jets, as they say. uh, They're going to find a – Jets are going to find a way to be a disaster next year. This has just not worked out at all, has it? I don't think it's going to be good. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings picking 11th. The Denver Broncos picking 12th. Um, No more dangerous there in Denver. It's a lot of teams that need need a quarterback and are not going to be picking one in the first round, uh, Denver included. So I, I'm interested to see how that works out because I think Denver has a good roster. And I think Sean Payton has his moments. So uh, this could be a team on the upswing if they can get a quarterback. Picking 13th is an interesting one in the Las Vegas Raiders. They have an interim coach that everybody loves, um, but – They've also been tied to a current Michigan head coach, Jim Harbaugh, as a potential hiring there. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Raiders? I mean, I feel like Antonio Pierce coached his way to deserving that job, but I, I get not giving the interim guy the job in most circumstances, especially if you want to go high profile. But I hope, I hope he gets it. I hope he gets a chance because I think he deserves it. I was a little disappointed the Saints ended up picking 14th because I think if they had gotten that nine range, we might have saw some Mickey Loomis shenanigans to get up to get a quarterback. <laughs> so, a little disappointed there. Uh, they got Arthur Smith fired. It was worth it. It was worth it. Touche. Uh, Colts picking 15th. I think that's a team that they're on the right path, right? Uh, 
That brings us to the team picking 16th and a surprise coaching change today. You know, Nick Saban kind of took off the uh, headlines after the fact, but in the afternoon, all the headlines were talking about Pete Carroll and his uh, stepping de- stepping down. I don't know if it was a forced uh, a forced way out or not, but, you know, you can speculate on that all you want. But Seattle uh, looking for a new head coach, and everybody seems hell-bent on this one's going to end up being Dan Quinn, right? Just it has ties to the team. You know, it was such a great uh, coordinator for them. I think it would be a great hire. And another team that has some good talent, um, and uh, I think Dan Quinn would be a great fit. Yeah, good building blocks there. Um, maybe they have some quarterback issues to settle around there too. That that that's a trend, by the way, around the yeah. league. Yeah, uh, really. Jacksonville choked their way out of the playoffs, and now they're picking seventeenth here, and the last team out of the playoffs, <laughs> thanks to a loss in week 17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers because everything else broke their way, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we talk Cincinnati, Indianapolis, right? I mean, the quarterbacks got hurt. Joe Burrow and Anthony Richardson changed those teams into playoff teams, right, easily. Right. I don't think the Bengals' defense in its current setup was good enough to make another Super Bowl run, but they're definitely – a five seed or at worst six seed in the AFC, right? Yeah. Right, well, you and I have to talk about it sometime because I, you know, even a mocking for the Bengals, uh, they've spent so many picks on defense. So the defense still stinks. Like, I don't know what to do. It's like, I, it, it's a, it's, it's an issue. And I will, I'm going to do a, another Bengals mock draft next week. So, uh, which will well, come out I'll after be, your yeah, mind. I'll be on the so it'll, it'll be too. It'll be too late for to help you out there. But uh, but yeah, that that's it's it's something, man. And it's weird. It's like I I know what I think they need, but every time I do one of these mock drafts, the board never falls that way. So we'll see, see how that goes. So that's it for the top eighteen of the draft. There. Um, it's 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 getting that time. Well, and uh, going forward, um, unless there's a trade in the top eighteen picks, which that generally doesn't happen unless it's at the top, or Mickey Loomis does something stupid, uh, we'll um, we'll just update the draft order like through the playoff teams that get eliminated uh, going forward. We'll do that at the top of the show every week, so everybody can kind of keep up with that. But Let's talk about the big thing coming up here. Uh, less than two weeks now, man. We're 13 days away from the first senior bowl practice. Um, I'm jacked. Uh, me and Pigskin Paul will be boots on the ground this year. Two of us this year tag teaming uh, the senior bowl for draft countdown, if you will. Um, so that's going to be be fun, a bit different, different approach for us. Uh, but as always, our senior bowl coverage will be just rare to go full go. We'll have podcasts every night after the practices talking about the days happening. Um, and as well as on Friday and Saturday that week. So five podcasts that week, uh, coming here. So have that notification bell set up. If you're a subscriber on YouTube and if not, go ahead and subscribe and do that. But last night they revealed the bulk of the roster. I mean, it feels like the roster is what Shane 95% done. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Very close. 
Very close. And uh, they announced 20 underclassmen uh, that have accepted invites to the Senior Bowl this year. We're going to only – we've talked about a couple of them already, but we'll talk about the, the, the newer ones as we get to them. So we're not going to go through the entire roster, but we're going to go through position by position here the players that we have not talked about on the show so far. So let's get started. We'll start with quarterbacks. There are two new ones that we haven't talked about in the last two weeks since the last time we did the segment, one of which is Sam Hartman from Notre Dame, probably a day three guy, but intriguing, right? And the other, maybe in the first round mix, we'll see, but it's Bo Nix uh, from Auburn. I think it's a great environment for Bo Nix to really show his stuff. Uh, I, I think he's going to do great in, in shorts and pads and no no pressure, which he doesn't really face in Oregon anyway. Um, I, I think it's going to be re- a really good showcase. And look, I, I, I like Hartman as, I mean, you know, as a, a Sean Clifford type, like draft him to be a backup. And I think he could, Hartman could pop in a game and run around and, and win you something. They joined Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton, and Michael Pratt as the other uh, the total five quarterbacks, which leaves us one short. Didn't, didn't uh, get that Penix commit right in time. We did not. Our mm. assumption is, and Nagy has almost alluded to it cryptically in tweets, that Penix is going to be here. But he got beat to hell and back uh, in their loss Monday night. We'll see. We've talked about this off air. We don't know who number six is if it's not Michael Penix because yeah. the pickings be getting slim after that. Right. I mean, Jane Daniels obviously didn't uh, didn't accept an invite. It, it, it's going to be rough going if, if they don't get him. I, I think it'll be Cam Ward from Washington State. I The fact that Penix isn't on the roster right now, I don't think he's going. Because I, I think if Nagy knew, I mean, he tweeted, tweeted basically, Michael Penix will be here and you didn't get the commit in time to announce, I, that's not a good sign. Uh, is Rattler going to be drafted? Yes. Um, I, th- I don't think it's 100%, but I think I think someone will take him late day three. I think he had a chance to go late day two. Yeah, we, we already have a bet on this. We need stakes, yes, but yeah, yes. yes, yes. Uh, all right, so let's get to the running back, Shane, of which there were several uh, have committed to the game in the last two weeks. Let's start with, they listed him as underclassmen uh, last night, one of which is a true underclassman for sure. That's Jalen Wright from Tennessee. The, the more I watch him, the more impressed I am and start to think he's a top 150 guy with a trend for more. I'm really excited to see him at the scene. I mean, super athlete. He's been on the freak list. Like, I think Jalen Wright is probably the most physically gifted running back by far in this group. They listed Rasheen Ali as an underclassman. I don't think that's right. But uh, he also is in the game for Marshall. Uh, productive. I I don't know if he gets drafted. Uh, the running back group is, is not great as a whole. I'm higher on Kamani Vidal from Troy than you are, I believe. I also think he's borderline draftable, though. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, that, like him and Ali feel like Shrine running backs, and that's that's not not great. Yeah. Uh, Cody Schrader from Mizzou. Uh, is the other one we haven't talked about. 
I like I like that. I like him. I mean, a great year at Missouri in the SEC. Tough. Uh, I think Cody Schrader's that will almost definitely get drafted. So I like that ad. Um, that gives us seven running backs, which is an odd number, which we usually don't get, right? So we expect one more to be added. We've speculated Jace McClellan from Alabama, uh, who declared for the draft, might be that name. Uh, Paul had an interesting suggestion, though, last night. We were texting during the Senior Bowl show. Uh, and we'll talk – I'll come back. I'm going to circle back to that when we get to the safeties. Uh, I think you'll like that take. Okay. All right. But uh, wide receivers – we currently have 15 committed to the game, which, again, odd number, which means we're likely to add at least one more. Uh, four have committed to the game. Two of them, Georgia Bulldogs, Lad McConkey and Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint. Uh, McConkey, day two guy, I think. I don't know about uh, Rosemey Jack Saint. Yeah, I think McConkey's day two. Rosemey Jack Saint, more, uh, you know, more of an athlete. Uh, than a great receiver. So I think he's, you know, borderline day three to undrafted. Another, what you call a great athlete is Rice wide receiver, Luke McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey, younger brother of Christian McCaffrey, a former quarterback at Nebraska transferred to Rice and trans uh, made that transition wide receiver. Well, he's been really done really well uh, this year, especially. Yeah. Great. You know, fantasy asset. I've had him on some teams, um, yeah, I, I think he's the day three pick with some upside. I, I think teams will like the, the bloodlines of, of McCaffrey. So it's, it's a decent ad. Um, is there a wide receiver that isn't committed yet? You'd like to see, uh, I, I don't know. I, no, not necessarily. Like, I, I think they got most of the players that I was hoping for, um, that I think are realistic. I wonder if one of the Washington, if they're waiting on one of the Washington receivers, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think McMillan um, or Polk would make a lot of sense because they can help themselves. And that'd probably be the best case scenario. Yeah. Adunze probably doesn't need it at this point. Yeah. I don't think he would go. All right. Uh, Tight ends. Now we've got six. So that actually might be done. Uh, They finished up that room last night with A.J. Barner from Michigan. I, I mean, what, what are we doing? <laughs> Why is A.J. Barner on this roster? He's like, he's he's a blocking tight end, and the tight end, the tight end group just is so, so such little depth that uh, this is a rough tight end room. It's, it's not ideal. We're going to talk about it after we get through running through these names. We're going to talk about you know, what positions we like or don't like. Uh, Guys we currently list as offensive tackles, um, 10 of them on the roster right now. They've added three in the last two weeks, and one of those is a big underclassman I know you like, BYU's Kingsley Suomatea. I mean, I, I love him. I think the upside is there. I've seen some some games where he's the best offensive tackle in this class and some games where he's one of the worst. And so I think the Senior Bowls are going to be a big indicator of Kingsley Suomatea's draft stock. Is he a first-round pick? Is he an early day two pick? Or does he fall further if, if he stinks at the Senior Bowl? I think it would be tough to take him despite the athleticism. Um. Big offensive tackle from Marshall. Ethan Driscoll accepted an invite as well as – uh, Missouri's Javon Foster. Foster is a stud this year. Really impressive. 
you know, I, I don't know if he can has the, the kick slide and athletic ability to slide in the NFL. So I worry about that, but um, Driscoll, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, I, I, I saw his name today and watched a little bit of film. I mean, the, the long arms, like he, he's, he's going to be impressive looking um, from a physique standpoint. So excited to see how he plays. 17 interior offensive linemen currently uh, on this roster. And that includes four new names, uh, two from Michigan, uh, Ladarius Henderson and Trevor Keegan uh, coming off that stud offensive line for the Wolverines. Yeah, two two great ads, very successful run blockers. Henderson, uh, I like a little bit more myself, but I'm not sure if that's consensus at this point, um, but I, I'm impressed with him. Uh, how about Florida's Kingsley Egwakun? Yeah, I, very solid. He's a good pulling guard, really light. Uh, love the footwork that, that Ego Kuhn has. I don't think he goes day two, but I think he's uh, in that conversation. A guy who could play his way in that back into the first round, uh, and he's just so fun and so nasty, Oregon's Jackson Powers Johnson, the big center from the Ducks, third-year player. Uh, yeah, he he is he is phenomenal. The, one of those names that kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't expect to be this good. I didn't watch till late in the process. Like you said, I think first round is within reach for him. And there's a lot of NFL teams that need a center, so it could happen. Eleven players we have listed as edge rushers uh, in this class. Five new names to talk about here, but it all, I believe, starts out here with Chris Braswell from Alabama. Uh, fourth-year player declared for the draft and immediately accepted a senior bowl invite. A potential first-round pick. He's been as productive as Dallas Turner this year. So, Braswell, I, th I think he's going to eat at the senior bowl. Uh, one of the players we talked about the last time on the show when we talked about underclassmen, a guy said, hey, maybe he ends up at the senior bowl show out, was Austin Booker from Kansas. And he, excuse me, did indeed get that invite, 6'6", 245, uh, he will join a pair of guys that were on the Shrine roster but got pulled up to the Senior Bowl here, Miles Cole from Texas Tech and Brennan Jackson, a guy I've been a fan of a long time now from Washington State. Yeah, I got to finally watch Austin Booker, and his pass rush skills are, are off the charts. Uh, I don't He doesn't do much of anything else, but he can rush the passer, and that, that'll win you in the NFL. I, I'm with you. I like Brennan Jackson. He's had a solid career. Miles Cole had some really big games. He's big. I mean, he's physical. Uh, I, I think this is a really fun. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's really, some really good ads here late. And another Michigan Wolverine uh, coming to the game is Braden McGregor uh, for the Wolverines edge rusher. Yeah. He, he's, you know, he was kind of a rotational edge, edge rusher there, but uh, really productive against the run. Um, you know, I'm just intrigued to see if he can stand out when he's not with this kind of bevy of rotation of Michigan defenders. Uh, I mentioned I completely skipped over him a while ago, and it's complete oversight on my part. Another Michigan Wolverine when we're talking about wide receivers was Roman Wilson uh, uh, going to be at the game. Uh, this is a slot heaven, right, for this guy? Yeah, he, he's a stud. Those one-on-ones, Roman Wilson – is gonna be gonna be is up he there. The, is he tight nail this year? He might. I think yeah, I, I, between him and Ricky Pearsall from Florida, I think those yeah. two are gonna just go off. It's gonna be fun. Uh, we have 
added several interior defensive linemen, including one I know you're going to love to talk about here. So we'll save him for last. But how about uh, Marcus Harris from Auburn? Yeah, like it is an intriguing uh, ad. I think he was on the Shrine roster, right, and and kind of got the bump up. Uh, interior, the more three tech, uh, low pass rusher. So uh, I'm always interested. In some of these defensive linemen that don't get to shine because of scheme, uh, Harris is one of them. I, I think he could do well in the pit. Uh, also, all, well, that was on the Shrine roster. Now called up was Gabe Hall from Baylor and Jaden Crumity from Mississippi State. Yeah, Gabe Hall, super super athlete, which is fun. Um, Crumity has never really super impressed me, but a good gap filler type player. So the both both are fine adds to the back end. I've actually preferred his teammate in the past, Nathan Pickering, uh, more than him. But that leaves the Buckeye here uh, on the list, Mike Hall, who declared for the draft, now coming to the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I was uh, I, I was a little surprised that he declared, uh, but you know, Mike Hall, when he's on, he is hot, and when he is off, he is not. You know, it, I think it's really a, a motor thing with him. The skill set is there to really be a, a terror against the quarterback inside. So I, I'm excited to see if he can get some of that penetration, um, you know, in, in the pit and uh, the practices. So he's what you're telling me is he's either one of these guys we're going to talk about glowingly or very negatively uh, during the one-on-ones. Yeah, and I, I, it might be rep-to-rep, rep, uh, which which is always <laughs> fun. Um, we've added five new linebackers here. Uh, we've got a – sorry, four new linebackers to a group of 13. And right when we went off the air last uh, – two weeks ago, they added John Trey Hunter from Georgia State. Yeah, it's an interesting name. I went back and tried to watch him a little bit when I saw that uh, last week over the weekend. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was a little surprised. I think he's he's light. I mean, he is, he is small, uh, but he has that electric first step. So I wonder if it's kind of an, an athleticism thing from the inside. He can play outside backer, he can play inside backer. I think he's versatile. Um, Tyrese Knight, highly productive player for UTEP. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's going to be one of those special team, core special teamers who can come in and just clean up a bunch of tackles if you need them to. Uh, but I, I really like him as an inside inside linebacker. He, he he has a good burst. He gets to the backfield, can close our running backs quick. So I, I like Tyree Stite. That's a good add. Yeah, and um, who else do we have here? Trevin Wallace from Kentucky at underclassman, 6'2", 241. Another big athlete who, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's off ball linebacker. So I think it's a little bit tough to gauge draft position, but Trevor Wallace, I think is going to have a great combine. He, he really rushed the passer a lot from the interior um, stunts. Like he, he was a big reason why that defense was as good as it was. To me, these guys, every single one of these guys uh, we're talking about here, can they cover? If not, and finally, Mike Barrett from Michigan. I wrote up in my Michigan uh, prospects column another day. This guy has core special teamer wrote all over it. Yeah, that's what's going to get him drafted day three. Like he's going to stick in the league a long time as a special teams guy. We currently have nineteen cornerbacks. Some of these now, when I say corners, some of these guys are going to play safety in this game. Yeah. So take that with a grain of salt, but. 
we added three new ones, including um, Mike Sanders still from Michigan. Uh, could be one of the best nickels in this class, right? Just, just a stud season from him. T- bottom, bottom top tough. We'll tackle you. So, yeah, great nickel who can hit you. I, I think day two is a real possibility uh, for him. I saw a stat last night that said Mike Sanderstrill had 289 interception return yards this season, which would have placed him second on the Iowa Hawkeyes receiving charts this year. <laughs> hey, I love that. <clears throat> uh, Third-year player Kalen King from Penn State, man, up and down, right? Rough year for Kalen King, but he's still a top-end athlete. He's a Penn State athlete. Um, I think is, is a smooth player, just needs refined. I think he's more day two than round one pick, but uh, that's fine. I think he could be one of the better corners at the Senior Bowl. Uh, joins his teammate, Johnny Dixon, here. And finally, uh, former Alabama, now Oregon Duck, Kyrie Jackson, big corner here, right? Yeah, jam corner length. Up and down season, uh, but you know when when he he can get you off your timing route. So I'm intrigued. I you know I these kind of bigger, stiffer corners sometimes can struggle a little bit. So I'm interested to see how he does. We've got 11 safeties on this roster, seven of which have been added in the last two weeks, and a lot of them got added last night. This room went from one of the worst groups here to one of the best overnight <laughs> wow. and uh but two weeks ago tyke smith from georgia committed last night he was joined by his teammate javon bullard a third year player both these guys can play but bullard's the the the, the big winner here right yeah i mean i think both get drafted but bullard has a chance to be uh maybe even the top safety if he has a good week and a good combine and a pair of utah safeties coming to the game uh both listed as underclassmen we have one as a fifth year player but he served a two-year mission but cole bishop third year player out of utah big kid six three two hundred a lot of people love this guy uh, i i don't think you can watch him and come away not loving the tenacity the toughness the intelligence uh, i mean cole bishop has it um you know, maybe round two to round, maybe round three. Uh, I, I I think he's going to be an NFL starter. I do. Pigskin and Paul texted me last night. Let's see Oni Vaki run the ball as that eighth running back. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he did that for Utah this year, right? He, oh, he had 15 carries in the, in the cow game with two touchdowns. I mean, Better than some of the running backs on this roster. You might help. Maybe that's what it'll, what they'll, maybe that's part of the plan. That'd be fun. That would be fun. That would be a first, right? Yeah, right? right? It has to be. Um, a pair of Miami Hurricanes um, here. One is going to play linebacker. That's James Williams. And I'm going to talk about some other – because I made some notes here when we get done. But they've got him listed as a linebacker on the official roster, James Williams, third-year player, 6'5", 218. Uh, I mean, five-star top recruit coming out, just never put it all together. But he is 6'5", 218, and he can run like he's 180. So put him a linebacker playing downhill. This is a scary dude. And Cameron Kitchens, who is who has put it all together at safety, 
and maybe arguably could be the best safety in this class. Yeah, I mean, between him and, and Bullard and Bishop, I, I think you might get one of the top safeties in this class. I mean, Kinchin's making plays. He's a playmaking safety. I love that. Yeah, th- I mean, this sa- like I said, this safety room went from zero to hero real quick. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, certainly not, because he has got a lot of buzz today in the draft world, and that's Washington State safety third-year player Jaden Hicks, 6'3", 209. Yeah, I mean, big in the box, you know, uh, I, I like his ability to diagnose an offense and know what's going on. I think Jaden Hicks is underrated right now. Senior Bowl roster currently sits at 133 players, although we have 137 listed. And that's because four players did not appear on the roster review that have accepted invites. They are cornerback Enos Rakestraw from Missouri, Rook or Horhoro from Clemson, the defensive lineman, uh, linebacker Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State, and Graham Barton, offensive tackle, who was going to play center down here from Duke. Yeah, I mean, I think Tommy Eichenberg's hurt, um, though he hasn't officially declared. Um, you know, Rake Straw's getting kind of top five corner first round buzz, so maybe he's kind of pulling out. I mean, or Horro, we went through this last year with him. With him. Right. Uh, he went back to school, and I, I wish Graham Barton was there. That was going to be fun. I don't know what's going on with him. So uh, some quick notes on some of these players we've talked about. Uh, on the roster reveal show last night, Ladarius Henderson from Michigan, we have him as an interior offensive lineman, listed as an offensive tackle um, for the Senior Bowl. Uh, Troy Faltano, who we have as an offensive tackle, but a lot of people think he's an uh, interior offensive line. That's where he's listed on the Senior Bowl roster. Also listed as an interior offensive lineman on the Senior Bowl roster is BYU's Kingsley Sewell Matea. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's so, oh, that that's fun. If he starts pulling as a guard, man, that's that'd be wild. So, these players listed as defensive ends: uh, Braswell, Brandon Dorless from Oregon, uh, Justin Eboigbe from Alabama, Adiza Isaac, Penn State, Cedric Johnson, uh, Mississippi, Marshawn Nealon, Western Michigan, Liatu Latu. Uh, from UCLA, Braden McGregor and Keith Randolph Jr. from Illinois, all listed as defensive ends. And this is why we use edge because, yeah. like, Brent Dorless is not an edge player. No. He's going to play a defensive end spot and more of a five tech. Yes. Um, listed as defensive tackles, that one player we have as an edge that they have listed as defensive tackle is Brennan Jackson from Washington State. That's, in- that's interesting to me. I'll be interested to see his weigh in because I think if he's. 260. I don't know if I don't know about um, they have five players listed at the outside linebacker position for but that's another spot where I think we consider edge. Most of the players we had listed there were edges. Um, yeah. and then I mentioned James Williams listed as a linebacker. Uh, Jalen Simpson, who I think we have, I should have already moved to safety, but I haven't. But that the senior bowl lists him as a safety, but no other uh transitions there that I saw. But that's the senior bowl roster. So, Shane, I'll ask you, um, which position group right now get you the most excited? I, I mean, safety is up there, which I – if you had asked me did, last week, didn't I see would, that coming. would not have been like, oh, gosh. But safety's up there. I think it, it's a great group. I, I think the senior bowl is always tough for safeties to really shine a ton in practice. I always struggled with that. I, I also think uh, – I, I think the offensive – offensive tackle group, offensive line group in general is really, really strong. 
Um, and the defensive line group, I think it's going to be a really fun year to see those one-on-ones between those groups. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to that. The D, the DBs uh, especially, but I, I just hope enough safeties make it to the end of the week, to be honest. Yeah. We had corners playing safety in the game last year. That wasn't cool. Uh, whoops. I think I know the answer to this, but uh, what position groups got you the most down? I mean, I mean, look, it's not this, it's not Jim Nagy's fault that the tight end position is garbage in this draft, but like Brock Bowers isn't going to the senior bowl. Um, Jatavian Sanders isn't going to the senior bowl. So you're just stuck with nothing. I mean, Brevin Spanford, Theo Johnson, AJ Barner would not make the senior bowl roster in a typical year. I, I don't think so. Um, I, 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 was talking to our buddy Nino about this the other day. I think the point, whichever of this group comes out having the best week, I think is going to be tight in three in this class. That's how bad this class is. Someone like Jaheim Bell, Ben Sanat from Kansas State, Jared Wiley, TCU. I think one of those guys are going to come out of this class as tight in three, and that tight in three may not get drafted till round four. Can, let me let me ask you real quick. Um, can you draw? Can we draw anything from this? So, like, the, I think the tight end room is done. Uh, Cade Stover hasn't declared yet. I, I think he would have been a slam dunk invite. I think mean, he probably got an invite. Does this mean he's going back to school or uh, like uh, you know? I, I don't. It's interesting to me. He's a fourth I, year player, right? I was looking at that earlier, and when I was could. looking at my tight end board, and so he could go back, and he may be. I mean, because we're still waiting on what decisions from Travion Henderson, Omega Buka, Tommy Eichenberg could be going back now for all we know. Um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, JT Tuomolau is another that – I mean, Ohio State could be getting that whole band back together, and they've already added Quinshawn Judkins. So and and Denzel, Denzel Burke and announced that he's going yeah, back. He's going back. So Ohio State could be one of the better teams in the country. I suppose they had a better quarterback. Well, Howard, baby. Here we go. <laughs> I didn't stutter. Um, yeah. Final thoughts as a whole on this roster. I, I think it's solid. I mean, I think it's solid from top to bottom, despite the tight end group. It's good. I think the receiver group um, is going to really emerge and end up being really good. I feel like it happens at senior ball all the time. So I think as a whole, it's pretty good. You know, quarterback, I wish, I wish we'd have Michael Penix and Jane Daniels. Maybe we still could get Penix. I think that would make a big difference. But uh, another great group, I think they, to me, they, they may have gotten every player they wanted. I, I don't know if there is anyone, we'll talk about the Shrine a bit, that uh, that Senior Bowl didn't get this year like Zay Flowers last year. Uh, yeah, so let's, let's go ahead and talk about it now. Uh, the Shrine Bowl, uh, their roster is nowhere near complete uh, right now. Uh, we anticipate that they're going to have a lot of double dips. Uh, from the Hula and the CGS uh, playing their game, uh, which is essentially goes on almost the same time as the Senior Bowl, which is just stupid. But um, what do you think about the roster they have so far as far as, like, position groups that you might – that that are, are kind of strong or stand out to you at the very least? Yeah, look, I think it's a weak roster. Um, I, there's a couple guys I like, but I look at I look at the Senior Bowl. I think they're clearing 100 drafted easy. I look at the yes. Shrine roster, and I'm like, they might only have two guys that make it in the top 100. Um, 
and that's that's kind of scary. Now, I like the interior line group. I like Dylan McMahon from NC State, Christian Mahogany from Boston College, CJ Hansen, Holy Cross. Like, I, I think because the offensive line in general is strong in this class, they've gotten some good players, uh, you know, from that. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I think the skill positions are, are pretty rough, um, all things considered. Yeah, they only have six wide receivers on their roster right now. So, uh, Bowl guys can be <laughs> filling in the filling in some gaps there. I think uh, they have like a few players that stand out to me. Like I think Dallin Holker from Colorado State is better than half the Senior Bowl tight ends. He's a, I think he's a better receiver, but you know he's, he's still he's a two hundred thirty five. I don't care. I'd rather have that than. Fair. Some then AJ Barner just blocking everybody. Right. So I, I like the Shrines running back room. Uh, at least four of the five, anyway. I like the pair of Louisville guys. I like Isaiah Davis. I know you do from South Dakota State. Yeah. We both like Frank Gore of Southern Miss. Um, their quarterback room has Cam Ward, uh, Austin Reed, solid. Jordan Travis is listed. He obviously is not going to play. I think they have a lot of good developmental guys on the offensive tackle position. Uh, with Gottlob Ayedzi from Maryland, uh, Anem Dakwa from Howard, Josiah Ezarine from Eastern Kentucky. These are guys that, if they get drafted, it's going to be really late and, you know, going to be practice squad developmental guys uh, that you see maybe not make an impact early. I think the best player on this roster is Leonard Taylor III, the underclassman from Miami, uh, who accepted an invite today. Uh, I was – Surprised he didn't get a senior bowl invite here. Uh, we discussed this. Maybe this is one of the guys. Maybe this is that might be one of the few guys that the senior bowl wanted that got away. I don't know. Um, we may never know, but overall, as a whole, I'm with you right now. Not a whole lot of shine on this uh shrine game roster. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested because uh, Jim was pretty open last year. You know, you're gonna have to ask the question, Brian. Of you know, was there I any... got the answer last year, so I yeah. will ask the question. Uh, right. No okay. doubt about it. Is there is there anyone that that they invited that went shrine? We'll see. Last year it was just two. Uh, right. He said it was Zay Flowers and Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end from Michigan. So the Hula Bowl roster, though they're practicing right now. They've had I think two days of practice uh, so far this week down in Orlando. They'll be uh, their game Saturday. Uh, on CBS Sports Network at a 12 noon Eastern. Um, you can watch that game. I will be. Um, and we've got a you know good friend of the show, Draft Guy Jimmy, one of the scouts for this game, has uh, been kind of keeping me informed on some intel down there. Always good. Um, try. I'm, I talk to him. Maybe we get him on the show for a few minutes next week and, and break down the Hula Bowl. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. I, I brought it up to him. We'll see. See how that goes. But their roster is intriguing. I'm going to have a write-up coming up on Friday, so uh, stay stay tuned for that. Coming up, Louisville roster uh, breakdown there. But it's some good players on this roster, man, and it, it shows you kind of depth. They're going to break their record for most drafted players uh, in, in the modern Louisville era, I should say. You know, the old Louisville, you know, was awesome. But, uh, you know, awesome players. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're gonna, they've got some good – really good guys here who, who uh who's some standouts here for you yeah i, I think it's a, a good roster the nflpa game going away i think help them i mean i, I like <laughs> i like the, i like the receiver room i like Jalen coker we talked about on the show from holy cross 
Um, Jayshon Jones from Maryland, I thought was a good get. But then Joshua Cephas, UTSA. Like, yeah, I think it was a pretty good receiver roster. And then offensive line, once again, the depth is there. Nahula's getting uh, Michael Jarrell from Finley. I like a lot as a potential guy to get drafted late. Um, you know, their interior lineman, Clark Barrington from Baylor, like uh, I thought could be a shrine guy, Doug Nestor from West Virginia. So I think they pulled some players here that, uh, yeah, that are definitely going to draft the day three. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm 100% with you on this. Uh, you mentioned wide receivers, a uh, guy who's getting a lot of buzz the first two days, Emory uh, Hunt, sorry about David White from Western Carolina, uh, 6'4". Uh, I don't think he's actually 6'4", but that's what he's, we've got. He had him listed at here. But uh, getting a lot of buzz. Uh, I like Trey Knox, the South Carolina tight end. We've talked about him a, a good bit as well. Uh, Blake Watson, running back from Memphis. George Helani from Boise State, both both really good running backs, as is Michael Wiley from Arizona. Their quarterbacks, eh, we'll see. Uh, not, not Maybe not a whole lot of intrigue there, uh, but you mentioned uh, the offensive line. They've got some uh, – Good edge rushers. I love Richard Gibbonor, uh, the linebacker from Troy, uh, on their roster as a uh, pass rush, uh, situational pass rush guy in the NFL. I think plus tremendous with his length uh, and reach. I think he's going to make a roster next year. And I know you love cornerback from Alabama State, uh, Mikey Victor. Good length there uh, from him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't mention the cornerback room. Yeah. I, I like Mikey Victor. I think that the DBs in general, um, PJ Jules from Southern Illinois too. Yes. I, I think it's a, it's, it's a really good, like you said, it's probably the best toolable roster that I've seen uh, since I started covering the they, draft. They're playing PJ Jules at safety, which I thought was interesting. They also have Storm Duck at corner. As well, so I mean, it's it's a good roster, man. And like you, definitely a hundred percent benefiting from uh, the NFLPA pulling the plug on their game. But uh, yeah, so that's the Hula Bowl. Watch that uh, Saturday on CBS Sports Network at noon. All right, so underclassmen, Shane. Uh, we're only going to talk about the third year players for the sake of uh, sake of argument here, and there have been. A handful of those that have declared in the last two weeks, a lot of them from the same programs. So we're just going to hit them all here. Uh, Alabama, four guys declared for the draft. Uh, all four could potentially go in round one. Uh, Dallas Turner, JC, uh, the edge rusher, JC Latham, the offensive tackle, Kool Aid McKinstry at corner, and Terry and Arnold at corner. Just good influx of talent right there, right? Yeah, I mean, you're getting the best of the best from from Bama, so you got you got to love that. All could be first round picks for sure. This running back uh, group in this draft class is all kind of whacked out. We don't know what's happening there. Will Shipley from Clemson though is declared. Yeah, uh, I, I like him. Every time I watch Will Shipley, I'm like, this guy's good. It's not. I don't think he's going to be the athlete that you want, uh, but I think a good day three running back that could start in the NFL. Georgia had three. Uh, third-year players declare for the draft. Uh, at least two of these guys are going to go in the first round, we think. Offensive tackle of Marius Mims and easily tight end one in the draft class, Brock Bowers. Yeah, that, yeah I, I, think, I think they're definitely going in the first and Brock Bowers head and shoulders above the rest of the tight end class. Uh, I think early day two, at worst, cornerback uh, Camary uh, Lasseter. 
Yeah, uh, it has a shot at round one. So that was a, I know you're a fan for sure. That's a good, uh, I think he's made a good choice here. Another cornerback uh, that could go in the first round is Iowa's Cooper DeGene declares for the draft. I think he's borderline first round pick. If it wasn't for the injury, you would definitely would be in there. Um, LSU four underclassmen enter the draft, including a pair of wide receivers. One who you mocked into the first round during our staff mock uh, last week, Brian Thomas Jr. But obviously, the big get here is Malik Neighbors. Yeah, I, I think both are fairly locked into to the first round. I, I think Brian Thomas is going to be well thought of, and Malik Neighbors he can be a top ten pick. Uh, a pair of defensive interior defensive linemen from LSU with various degrees of, um, how do we say, production here. Uh, Mason Smith, uh, they call the Amazon, and Makai Wingo. Yeah, it's you know, two two guys that maybe haven't lived up to the billing, but uh, have the athleticism to make some noise in the NFL. Four Texas Longhorns uh, declare early for the draft as third-year players. All skill players, two wide receivers, Xavier Worthy could be one of the fastest guys in this draft class, and Adonai Mitchell, uh, the Georgia transfer, big catch radius. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's in that conversation for the top, you know, seven or eight receivers, Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy in that conversation too. So uh, Texas going to have a lot of guys drafted this year. Yeah, uh, it's a change for sure. Uh Jonathan Brooks torn ACL would be in contention for RB1, if not for that, I assume. And uh, joined by what is universally seen as tight end two in this class, Jatavion Sanders. Yeah, Sanders, super athlete, just uh, didn't have the production this year. He's probably a day two pick. And Brooks, I don't know how to, I don't know how to gauge it. The games he was, Jonathan Brooks played, stud. He hasn't played many games. That's going to do it for the underclassmen declaring this week. Uh, the soft deadline has allegedly passed on uh, last week on the 5th. The hard deadline for underclassmen to declare is the 15th. So we should know officially uh, all of the underclassmen that will be in this draft class um, when we go live next week. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, I have a mock coming out on Monday, so I'm – Waiting to see who I can put in and who, uh, who uh, who's out. Yeah, I, I'm ready to get the spreadsheets cleaned up on my on my end over here for sure. All right, last thing before we end the show, uh, just quickly here, the United Football League. Shane, are you pumped? <laughs> Look, more football is better football. Combine two leagues. Let's uh, let's make it happen. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, uh, four teams from the XFL are merging with four teams from the USFL to form the new UFL, uh, which is an old league name, if I'm not mistaken, right? That was an old spring league name, right? Uh, the United Football League. So there you go. Uh, for those interested in that, they start play on March the 30th. So, yep, there's a very good shot uh, potential that some players we talked about tonight are going to be playing in that league this time next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it, it definitely could happen, and I always like when there's names that we I've, I've like I, I scouted that guy. I remember him. So 
It's always yeah, fun. That's always fun. Yeah. So uh, no questions tonight uh, in the on Twitter or in the chat or on the Discord. So we're going to end it now. Final thoughts, Shane, on all the Senior Bowl rosters, the other rosters, and underclassmen and anything else. We thought it'd be a light show. It turned into a big show, and we had a, a lot going on. That means the draft's coming up. Excited for excited for my seven-round mock on Monday, uh, putting that together, and going to have to make some quick changes, not just to draft order, but as guys declare or don't declare that I put in there the day of. Uh, I'll, I'll swap them out quick for you. I, I can tell you now, Shane, you, uh, my favorite team uh, would never draft the position that you're going to have them draft. <laughs> uh, I, well, I love it. Look, I got I got some some crap on Facebook from a Washington fan because I didn't include their their tight end uh, in my write up of the national championship. Uh, so, and, and, and that guy's defense, <laughs> Jack Westover, is a, a pretty good tight end. I, he's a good I, tight I moved, end. I moved him up my board. Uh, I don't know that he's draftable. Draft going to get drafted though. He's a walk on. I, I I'm, I'm going to pass, but like. You know, you'd, you, we, we'd include every player that, that's in the draft. Anyway. I didn't talk about every – I probably didn't talk about every Michigan player that's going to get drafted, but I didn't get near the heat that you did. Yeah, that's so. that's fine. Well, Washington fans were not liking me during that game uh, on Twitter in general, so it's okay. No, it's because you're a big Michigan homer, right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. Remember uh, – if you're new to the channel and you've come along with us tonight, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live each and every week on this podcast. If you're also on the audio platform, be it on Apple Podcasts or be it Spotify or wherever it is, you listen to your podcast, leave us a five-star review there. Share that out amongst your friendly folk there. And let's get the, let's get more people listening uh, to the show. You can follow me on Twitter, as always, at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howam. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown and go to draftcountdown.com for all of your daily draft needs. A lot of stuff happening over there, man. It's draft season, baby. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.